Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. Yes, Lord, we just want to declare that you are holy. We love you, Jesus. Just as we're in an attitude of worship and prayer, that word holy means different. It means set apart. None like him, none like you, Jesus. We're just here to declare that it's all about you today. Lord, I just thank you that that you've got great things in store this year. I just praise you for that, Lord. I thank you that you've got plans for hope and a future for every heart in this place. Not plans of defeat, not plans of demise, but plans of going forward, onward and upward in Jesus' name. That every challenge that comes our way is just an advertisement of our next victory. So we thank you, Lord, that you are with us, you are for us and not against us. As we've celebrated at the cross, Lord, you've done it all. All we do now is receive. We just receive the free gifts of God. And so, Father, this morning, as I say that, would you give us hearts that receive your word this morning? A word not from man, but a word from heaven into every heart that would be open this morning. And everybody with faith said... Amen. Wonderful to be with you, church. Wonderful to be here. And uh, my name's Brad, one of the pastors here, and it's great to um, see our team growing this week. If you watched, saw there on the church news, I'm going to do something really different this morning, something I've never done before in, I know, <laughs> preaching for since, I don't know, 1999, I've never preached off of a screen. So this could go anywhere. Before that, just a bit of housekeeping. We had some baptisms last week. It was fantastic to have four people get baptised. And if you're here, I'd just like to get those who got baptised to come up to the stage if they don't mind. Is Lucy Ann here, the Van Der Veens? Oh, of course they are. I didn't even think of that. They're at the kids, yes. (laughs) He's going to get her. He's at something else. That's cool. All right. Uh, Yes, Owen. Is Owen here? That's all right, we can do it another time, but I thought I'd grab the moment. Nathaniel's here, and Owen are here, yes. Nathaniel and Owen, Van Der Veen's next week. All good. We just want to give you guys, hey, give them a round of applause. Got baptised. That's for you, Owen, a certificate of baptism. Nathaniel, we just want to, as a church, you know, we do this at the beach. We just want to pray a blessing over you. We do it at the beach, and it was fantastic down there. We had a family picnic after. But, you know, part of baptism, when you really understand the deep meaning of baptism, it's, it, it is that public commitment of your personal faith. But it's also coming, coming into covenant with the family of God, with the church, and, and what that actually means to be part of the family. So we wanted to honor you today, recognize you, and, uh, and pray a blessing over your wonderful decision, and that we are here for you and committed to your discipleship going forward. So Father, we thank you for, I want to thank you for Nathaniel. I just, we praise you and thank you for their journey, for the decision they made, and for their open public commitment of baptism in the waters last week. Lord, we thank you that that declaration was not only powerful for everybody who witnessed it, but powerful in their own lives. And Lord, we know that going forward, there'll be the good days and bad days, happy days, sad days, there'll be everything, Lord. But would we just ask and pray, Father, that for every day going forward, that that baptism moment would be an anchor that they can go back to. And it'd be something that can really reassure and reaffirm their faith in times of doubt. It could be something that gives them hope when they feel hopeless, that they remember that you are with them, that you're committed to them. So I just speak that over you guys today, speak the blessing of God over you, that you'd be mighty young men of God, 
that walk a different path to the ways of the world, that walk a different path to everybody else, set apart for God and by God. And we bless you. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Bless you guys. A muffled Amen. Thank you. Cool. And uh, you probably noticed that we've got the, you're thinking, are we overflowing? Have we got that many people that were out on the balcony? We're overflowing. This is, that's just a picture of the future. <laughs> but um, you just notice that some people, uh, you would have noticed this week if you get our emails, just the, uh, around mask wearing. Well, you know, we want everyone to be able to come to church, everyone to be included. And there are some people that they, they can't wear a mask, don't want to wear a mask for different reasons, and that, that's, that's fine. That's their personal decision. And so we just, we've got a balcony there, and we could open the doors, and we can still obey the government mandates and still be under one roof together and... Then when we, I think it's great. I know, um, I know a lot of churches that uh, don't don't have that, you know, and it's really hard for them. And some people just can't come, and, and it's really sad. That it's their family, and uh, obviously with the mandates, once we, you know, if you're having a coffee or whatever, you can take the mask off and you can talk and things like that. But we want we want to be seen to be obeying the law. That's a good thing. I think Jesus is good with that. Um, but also seeing how we can be innovative. Innovation is the way of the future. They, I think the, the buzzword is pivoting, isn't it? And so with everything going on that seems crazy, how do we... How, I've got to look into this to get it to work, you know, the, the facial thing. And because I haven't been shearing, my face has got fatter and, um, <laughs> and it doesn't recognise me. <laughs> no, nah, it does. Very good. Hey, it's great to be with you. We've been in a series in January all about looking at who we are. And uh, it's been great, and I've had some wonderful feedback from people who are saying, oh, we're getting a sense of God's vision. And you'll know that we're not having a vision Sunday like a lot of churches, and great, I think that's great if you have a vision Sunday, but we're just having a vision year, by the way. We're just discovering what God is up to in our journey, in our lives, in the life of this church, and it'll probably go all year as we keep getting on board the bus that the Holy Spirit is already driving. Because as your pastor, I want to be saying the Holy Spirit's driving, and, and yes, we're with Him and He's driving. It's not Brad's bus, but it's His bus, and, and we want to keep going on that. And I think it's a journey of seeking God. And today I want to talk about that, about a journey of seeking God, about staying fresh to the promptings and leadings of the Holy Spirit in our life. And if you've got your Bibles, your devices, I've got my tablet. I can, I'm, this is what Moses brought down. He's got his tablet. <laughs> and uh, you go to Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to be going through a few scriptures and I want to get into them this morning because the Word of God in this area of seeking God is so, so powerful. Are you ready? I hope you are because I am. I'm excited about this message this morning. We're going to be talking about seeking God through fasting and prayer. So in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is uh, in his big sermon and he's talking about three key things that believers ought to do in following the kingdom of God's ways. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 2, he says, so when you give, when you give, and I'm sure you could say, who's heard a lot of sermons on, on giving? You know, a lot, over the years, probably heard vast different sermons about giving, and, and giving is a part of the nature of a Christian because for God so loved the world that he held it all back. It doesn't say that. For God so loved the world that he gave, and so Christians are giving people. And then it says in verse uh, 5, and when you pray, and so a part of a living for Jesus is having communication with God, is prayer. And if we hand up sermons on prayer, come on, we would have heard heaps of sermons on prayer and praying. And then it says this in verse 15, let's go down to there, and it says, and when you fast. 
And I don't know how many sermons you've heard on fasting, but when I grew up in my little church of Christ, I heard absolutely a zero. <laughs> None. And that's, that's not a uh, condemnation. It just wasn't something that I really heard about. And I th- so I was glad because I liked food. So let's not talk about fasting. But uh, I've discovered some powerful things about this. This is what Jesus said. And when you fast, do not look somber as the hip- hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you, in other translations, will reward you openly. This passage here is talking about the motives of why we do what we do as Christians, why we pray, why we give, why we fast. And Jesus is very clear that a heart motive is not to be self-focused. Hey, hey, look at me, praying on the street corner, praying the longest and the loudest. Hey, hey, look at me, giving the most. I'm giving, giving. Hey, hey, look at me, I'm fasting, you know, I'm self-denial, I'm, I'm doing all this for Jesus. He's, he's talking about the motive of when you live for God. It's about private disciplines that bring public rewards. And, and it's the private, he's saying what's done in secret, God sees everything. And God has a way of blessing things that are done in secret because then your heart's motive is pure. You're not doing it for people. Does that mean we shouldn't talk about it? Because someone once said that to me, he said, you shouldn't preach on fasting, it's something done in private. I said, well, we don't preach on fasting, how will we ever know what to do in private? It's like we should talk about it, but it's the motive that Jesus is talking about it needs to be pure. And when fasting is truly understood, it is a a delight more than a duty. And you're going to see that this morning. Because some of you are already thinking, man, I had great lunch plans. What is this guy talking about? I want you to notice that Jesus said, when, 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 not if, if, if. When you fast. In other words, it's an assumption. It's assuming that this will be part of a Christian's lifestyle. When you fast. So you think, oh, well, I should probably sit up and listen to that. What does that look like? What does that mean? So it's not a... a, um, it's not a recommendation, it's a mandate. <laughs> not really. Anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in. And, you know, all through the Bible, that from cover to cover, we see people who are in relationship with God, even in the Old Testament, and they fast. For example, Moses fasted 40 days when he received the law, the Ten Commandments. And who knows when you fast, you can get fresh revelation from God. Um, who else fasted was Elijah fasted, David fasted, Nehemiah fasted, obviously before going into everything that would happen with Jerusalem, Esther fasted, Daniel fasted, the nation of Nineveh fasted in repentance and one of the biggest revivals the world has ever seen happened. Joel called for a holy fast. Then over to the New Testament, we see believers fasting, remember Anna the prophetess fasting in the temple uh, before the Lord. Uh, We see the New Testament fasting and we even see, catch this now, this is powerful thought. In Acts chapter 10, uh, sorry, Acts chapter 13, um, Saul, sorry, who became Paul, fasted for three days. Uh, Then he was healed from his blindness and filled with the Holy Spirit. But what I wanted to get to was Peter was fasting on a rooftop, right? This is powerful. 
And around the same time as this guy Peter was fasting, a guy called Cornelius was fasting and praying. And in Acts chapter 10, the gospel gets released to the Gentiles. Well, in church words, what that simply means is the gospel starts to go out of just the Jews. It's for everybody. And it's an amazing thought. You could say that we're sitting here today as Gentile believers because the gospel got out. And the way it got out was through the channels of fasting and prayer with Peter. Uh, They got a new revelation saying it is for all people. Fasting, uh, sorry, the gospel is for all people. And that came to us because believers were fasting. And that's a powerful thought that the church is here today because God moved through that. Now, is it because just they fasted? No, but God moves through a church that is seeking after him. And one of the ways that I just want to hit on this morning is through prayer and fasting. Because I think going into the future, I want to give you a tool for your life that you can just whip out and the enemy starts to run for cover because this is a tool that he hates. Fasting is one of the hardest things to commit to because the devil hates it. Fasting is one of the hardest things to talk about and commit to because it's hard to do. But when the devil doesn't want it talked about because it's something, it unlocks something very powerful. Are you with me? So let me give you a definition, defined simply biblical fasting. What is it? Biblical fasting is refraining from food for a spiritual purpose. That's biblical fasting. Yes, you can fast from other things, of course. You know, people go on a social media fast. People fast from negative negativity. People fast from uh, uh, technology. You can do other things, but biblically speaking, there is a significant connection between refraining from food physically that does something spiritually in your life. So that, that's a simple definition. So I want to give you a few things um, in knowing that of what fasting is not. Number one, What is fasting? Because you all know fasting, if you've been into an operation or something, it's just going without food, obviously, but it's more than that. So what fasting is not is good to know. Number one, fasting is not starving or dieting, going without food. That that is just dieting or, or, or going without food. Fasting is always linked with prayer. It's prayer and fasting. Let me tell you why. Because God knows in the world that we are in, to really connect with God, you need to disconnect from certain things. When you fast and pray, the fasting word is disconnecting from something, and the prayer is connecting with God. It's a disconnecting from the flesh, a disconnecting from what you would normally be eating, what you'd normally routine be doing in your daily life, a disconnection so that you can connect. That's fasting and prayer. Another thing of what fasting is not, um, there are major health benefits to fasting, but it is not p- biblically fasting is not just for the health benefits. Uh, well, I know in our journey, going through different health journeys and that, we know that when you uh, drink water for three days, just water for three days, it does something very significant to your immune system. It actually reboots it. It actually gives it a gives it a big pump up. And I think so it is in the in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. There's something powerful when a church prays and fasts. Something about the immune system of the church kicks in, and suddenly the devil can't get in where he used to get in. It's a powerful, powerful thought. Fasting is not manipulating God. Some people think, hey, if I'm, I'm fasting and praying, God, you've got to do this. No, fasting is not about changing God. Fasting and prayer is all about changing you. It's a powerful thought. I've fasted for things and, I, and God hasn't done what I was praying and fasting for. 
I've prayed and fasted for someone to be healed of a certain illness. And as I've done that and laid it for God and believing and trusting, and it hasn't happened the way I thought. But what happened in that was not, maybe the outcome wasn't what I was praying and fasting for, but something happened in my heart that shifted to trust God in a deeper way. Fasting is not manipulating God. Number five, fasting is not earning salvation or merit with God. God isn't here looking around this morning going, oh, that person fasts and prays. I like them better. They're great. It, it, it doesn't make him love you any more or love you any less. I hope that makes sense this morning. Fasting is not something to get God to love you more. And fasting is also not for the spiritual elite. It's not for people, oh, they're the professional Christians. They fast and pray. No, fasting is for everyone. And I'll finish on this, what fasting is not. Fasting is not something you have to do. Fasting and prayer is an invitation from God. It's not a requirement. It's not something you have to do. But fasting and prayer is an invitation that God hands out to come and follow after me. I remember when I was growing up, about the age of 19, I made a full-on radical recommitment to God, you know, and it just that was, that was like my... I was saved before that, but that was my coming to the Lord and, and being filled with the Holy Spirit and just everything changed very quickly. And I was part of a football team uh, down at Vic Park and we would play on Sundays and uh, then we'd go to the pub or whatever we'd do. And I remember uh, uh, what happened was the week before I was at youth group because I'd committed to a local church. And at that youth group, this guy got up and started speaking about areas of your life that you really want to see God move in and would you be prepared to fast and pray for an area and for me it was my footy team I was like a co-captain of this team I just loved it and I was the only Christian now and I'd you know gone from sort of uh, <laughs> very much not a Christian to on fire for God and I just wanted to see my Christian team my footy team saved I at least wanted to see one person that shared my faith you know and so and this guy said from the front this week I want you to give something I want you to fast from something you love he didn't say food, so I wasn't going down that. He said, something you love, and I want you to spend that time praying for your prayer need and spend it in the Word. So I did something and gave up something. I'm going to share it with you, but don't judge me. This could make or break the future of my ministry here. I'm going to tell you what I gave up, because it was a TV show. But I had a bit of an addiction to something called Dawson's Creek. <laughs> I know, I've been receiving healing ministry, and I'm okay but I watched Dawson's Creek like an addict and I just was so into it uh, anyway. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to watch it all week and I'm going to spend that time in my word and I'm going to pray and I'm going to fast from Dawson's Creek. And I did that and I did it. I actually did it for a couple of weeks and it was a powerful time with God and I just totally sort of forgot about, about it when a couple of weeks later we're at the footy. It's a Sunday, we finish the game, we're in the change rooms and one of the guys says, Brad, are you uh, coming, coming to the pub tonight? And I said, no, I'm actually going to church. And back in that day, for your information, there was a nightclub called The Church in Northbridge. You all went there. I could tell the way you laughed. It was a night, and he goes, oh, great, I'll come with you. Well, I would love to go to the church. I said, no, I'm, I'm going to a church, like church, church. And he's like, oh. Anyway, I walk out. I'm walking out, out of the uh, oval, and suddenly I hear these footsteps running up behind me. This guy, one of our full forwards, runs up, and he just said, Brad, did you say you're going to an actual church? I said, yeah. And he goes, can I come along? And I said, absolutely, I'll pick you up. Long story short, I picked him up. We went to church that night. Altar call was given to make a recommitment to your life. I had no idea. This guy had this Christian background. And, and, and then he came forward that night and gave his life afresh to Jesus. 
I was like, just wow, this is amazing, you know, just how God moves through, through seeking him. I'd sort of almost forgotten about it. A few years later, actually probably 10 years later, I've just out of interest stalked him on Facebook. He was a pastor. And I'm like, God, isn't that good? God, you never know what seeking God in fasting and prayer can do. So I want to give you a few things that it definitely does to your life when you decide to sacrifice, to give up, to say, Lord, lead me into fasting. Number one, fasting and prayer positions you for divine direction in a position of humility to hear from God. Romans 12 verse 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies, catch that, your bodies, which is now a temple of the Holy Spirit, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. So don't, you've got a disconnect from that, he's saying, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. Do you see the link there? When we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice and when we worship God in that way, there is a link between knowing the will of God. He will direct your path. He will make your path straight. There is a link between that when we do that. And in fasting and prayer, you can position yourself humbly to say, Lord, what is the direction? Where, where do I need to go? Acts chapter 13, verse 2, it says this, that um, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, catch this, the Holy Spirit said. You've got to catch in the Bible, just a little side note, catch them things in the book of Acts where the Holy Spirit gets involved and, and, and his personality comes out and he speaks. And notice he was drawn to speak when there was fasting and prayer. There was a seeking of God in this fasting and prayer and he, and he speaks and he says this, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work of which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. And just on that, we've got some youth interns that have started this year. Um, we've got Jess, Jess and Emily. Uh, is that, am I right? Yeah, good, because I was going to say Emily, Emily and Jess, but I knew it was two, Jess, Jess and Emily. Are you guys all here? Do you want to come up? Can we get our interns up? And, uh, and James, our youth coordinator. So just, and um, Tim, do you want to, can you come up, if you're cool for a sec, just... So on Fridays now, this is our team in the office on Fridays. We, I'm so blessed to have the team of people just wider in the church and Joe at Kids Church. But um, as you would know, we did, a, uh, we did an in-house advertisement for a youth coordinator role when Tim uh, gave us the news that he wants to transition out of youth pastoring. And so in that, I advertised in-house and did interviews. And out of them interviews, made a decision. And James is now the youth coordinator going into that role um, to learn and grow in the youth coordinator role. So there's, he's taken on a, one of Tim's days, and there's been a shift. And then we also got youth interns, and we've got Jess, Jess and Emily. And I just want to bring them up here so you can see them to say, please pray for these guys. Thank you for people who have sponsored to, to be able to sponsor them to give up a day uh, of their week to come in on Fridays. And we set them apart for the work of God's ministry here and so already on Friday we had a great I have a session with them in the morning with some leadership training and stuff which was fantastic and I'm getting probably more out of that than you are but it's great and then they work with Tim and James for the rest of the day in different areas of understanding and growing in youth and young adult ministry really well youth and leadership so um, Tim can you come and pray for for the interns just set them apart mate oh God we just we thank you for these beautiful people that have stepped up and for the amazing young women who decided that this is their time to just say yes to you, God. 
to say yes to all that you've called them to and to say yes to just serving and blessing and growing for this year. I pray that over this year you would just anoint them, you would set them apart, give them fresh vision for their future, that they would have a revival in their heart each and every day, that as they wake they would know your love afresh, they would know your purpose afresh. I pray that your Holy Spirit, you would just come upon them, release giftings in them that they have never seen before, never felt before, never even comprehended before. And God, I pray that as a church, we would have them covered in prayer each and every day, that as they begin to venture into schools, as they begin to venture into youths and into young people's hearts through friendship, through love, and through the guiding of the Holy Spirit, that we would cover them in prayer, that as the enemy comes against them in those moments, that they would be able to stand firm in faith and stand firm in the belief that you are bigger, you are greater, and that he has nothing on them, that he is only attacking them because he realizes the potential that you have put within them. God, we just pray, set them apart. Would you release them this year, release them afresh, that they would know your power, they would know your giftings. And we pray for this beautiful young man, James, that he's, as he continues to step into the role of youth coordinator, and that as he transitions into youth pastor, God, that you would set him apart. God, that you would give him wisdom beyond his days, wisdom beyond his years, that you would release potential inside of him for leadership, for growth, for wisdom, God, and that he would have right judgment in every situation. Father, would you just release these people upon your youth in this community, the community of Kalamunda, the city of Kalamunda, the schools of Kalamunda. God, would you just release this beautiful team on them. Pray these things in your mighty name, in the powerful name of Jesus, and we all said, yeah. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thanks, team. Excellent. Grab a seat. Okay. So, yeah, and we see that God moves through that and wants us to have a direction in our life. So maybe you've got a decision that you need to make and it's not black and white, you know. If only the Bible would tell you who to marry, hey? It's this person or whatever it looks like. But some decisions, when in fasting and prayer, you get sensitive to the way the Holy Spirit's saying, should I take that job or not take that job? Uh, should I? Should that? Should, should we do this? Move to this different place to live or not move? Should I, we buy this business, this house? And and a fasting and prayer can maybe save us a lot of regrets in our life if we sought God first. Another thing fasting and prayer does is another point is it helps to dethrone King's stomach, as someone once said, or dethrone your flesh. It's a great thought. Uh, fasting and prayer, something happens when, I think if you were here last week, you remember I talked about that we are spirit, soul, and body. That we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And, and, and you know, when we are fast, in fasting and prayer, it brings our soul, us, our flesh, and mind, will, and emotions into subjection to our spirit in a deeper way. It helps to put the spirit on top to be in control. It, it starts to dethrone things. I think about Adam and Eve, how they looked at the apple, they looked at the fruit, and the Bible says it was desirable. And so their tummy said, let's do this. It said, come on, their flesh said, it's desirable. It looks good. It would be pleasurous. So their flesh took control and they ate us out of the promises of God. Literally, they ate us out. So then Jesus comes on the scene and in Luke chapter 4, Jesus, what does he do to get us back in? He doesn't eat or drink for 40 days he goes into the wilderness and fasts before God what got us out out of God's promises he's about to get us back in through fasting and prayer he's fasting in the wilderness 
And the Bible says that after he'd finished fasting and praying and the devil came and he tempted him and he said, turn these stones to bread because you must be starving right now. If you would just let your flesh take control, if you would just obey the humanity because he was fully God, but he was fully human. And his humanity had the opportunity to say yes to the stones of bread. His humanity had the opportunity to give in to the flesh, but he overcome through fasting and prayer. He's overcoming, beating that flesh down, saying, you will not have dominion over me. And then the Bible says he returned in the power of the Spirit. How did he return in the power of the Spirit? From overcoming the flesh, from dethroning the stomach, the king, the flesh on the other side. You won't won't tell me what to do. Do you have conversations with yourself on the inside? (laughs) I do. (laughs) Are you going to do this, Brad? No, I'm not. Yes, I am. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. Your your spirit is wanting, God's wanting to be led by the Spirit filled and led by the spirit but the flesh can seem so strong so how do i deal with my flesh well through prayer and fasting it can be a powerful way in fact put it to you this way if jesus the son of god had could only fulfill his mission and ministry by beginning in fasting and prayer if he had to do it how much more me how much more us if that that was his way to do it hope this is making sense i feel like everybody's looking at their menus and thinking their lunch menus what is he doing i'm not saying you have to do this i just think this is a tool that can really help you in your life there are so many things in this world where our flesh is overtaking us we're so desensitized to so many things now and so the flesh is rampant with so many things in the world that just it takes over and that is the truth and we live in such a feelings-based world emotions-based world and everything's off of emotion one way to be led by the spirit see the emotions are great followers they're not great leaders and one way to make sure your emotions are not a great leader on our lives and i've had to learn and still learning this hard ways is not to let it be my leader and one of the ways is through being so close to God, so fresh to God in fastings and prayer that, that you begin to sense God's spirit and overcome the temptations like Jesus did. He overcome temptation and so can you and I. So my last point, fasting and prayer doesn't only help you deal with some of the issues, the habits, the, the things that you'd really struggle with. But um, last point, what was it? I've got to look there. Uh, releases spiritual power. It releases releases spiritual power it really does something shifts when people fast and pray so in second chronicles chapter 20 we see there that king jehoshaphat don't you love that name if you ever think of a baby names anyone's interested i think jehoshaphat is a goer i don't know something about it so king jehoshaphat he received word that a mighty army was coming against him that's quite a relevant statement. He received word that a mighty army was coming against him. I don't know if you wake up some mornings and that's sort of what you feel like. And the Bible says he was scared, so he set himself to seek the Lord and he proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. And that's what it says up there. It says, Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast. So when the enemy's coming against you, when you know you're in attack, what did Jehoshaphat do? He's like, we need to seek God. And when they did that in that way, they were able to say, look, this is a great multitude that comes against us. We don't know what to do, but what fasting and prayer does, it puts my eyes on you. But my eyes are on you, God. 
And when he did that, a powerful thing happened is they received a prophetic word at the time. Read the, the story, Second Chronicles 20. And that word said, you will not have to fight for this. Just go out and praise God. Just send the worship team out first. And, and Jehoshaphat suddenly got a word of victory from fasting and praying. And when the strong enemy comes against our life, that's what we need to do. Because as he went out, the enemy was confused and ambushed and they got a great victory. But notice the great victory released a spiritual power when they fasted and prayed. Something happened. Something, I believe, that goes way back to the garden, that right to Jesus fulfilling what he did in the wilderness to bring us into communion with God through the cross and resurrection that now when we fast and pray, something shifts. There's a story in Matthew 17. It's a sad story. It's a story that I want want you to think about. It's, um, and I only read it in the New King James Version because it doesn't say it in other versions. But it says that there was a boy who basically had a suicidal spirit and he would throw himself into the fire. He, would, uh, he, would, he suffered from seizures causing him harm. This thing that overtook him would try and destroy him. It was basically a spirit that was trying to destroy the next generation and who knows there is the spirit of the enemy that wants to destroy the next generation in this church the next generation in your family the next christian generation in this city it's what he's out that's what he wants to do and the disciples the christians went over and said well we're going to do we're going to deal with this and they tried to cast this demon out of this boy and they couldn't do it so they went to jesus to say jesus we cannot cast this demon out and this is what happened on the screen and jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the child was cured from that very hour Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why couldn't we cast it out? So Jesus said to him, because of your unbelief. So this is a challenging verse. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, just tiny faith, you will say to this mountain, move here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Verse 21, only found in the King James says this. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer. And the King James adds, and fasting. So whether well, I'm not here to debate about uh, translations, but I think it's a powerful thing that they couldn't. Jesus said, this kind goes out. What kind goes out? Well, when you read it, some people think, oh, is it the kind of demon that goes out? It's a real strong one. But when you read it, listen to it. It says this, catch this. So Jesus said to them, it's because of your unbelief. And he starts talking about faith that moves mountains. He says, this kind of faith that moves mountains won't go out, but by prayer and fasting. There is a type of faith that will hit your heart when you pray and fast to believe for the impossible. That will embolden you. This kind doesn't go out just by any, but when you fast and pray, there's a release of that mustard seed faith that will cause you to speak to mountains and see them go in Jesus' name. I think that's a powerful, powerful thought. I remember the first time I ever did a, I'm not going to say how long because it's not about that sort of thing, but I did a, a, a more than a one meal fast because even a one meal fast is powerful. First time I ever did more than that and I was invited to speak at this big, this, this event in a regional area to preach the gospel and I was praying for souls. I thought I was praying and fasting. People are going to get saved. This is my first ever guest speaking appearance. Woo-hoo! And I was so excited. So I thought I've got to get it serious. I've got to say, I, I can't do this. I need fasting and prayer. So I did and I remember getting there and preached the gospel with all my heart and there was probably a couple of hundred people there and and then I did the altar call. No one's putting their hand up. So I just thought, I'm just going to do it once more. I'm not, I'm not into compulsion. I'm not into making it into a show. So I just said, look, there's anyone else out there? This is the last call, but, but I really believe someone needs to get saved. And I didn't say this because I've been fasting and praying for this, man. 
Anyway, I just did the last call and down the back, this big fellow puts his hand up. So see that hand, prayed for him, followed it up and he ended up marrying my sister about a year later. <laughs> you never know what you're praying and fasting for. You never know what God's going to do. You never know what could happen, but something can be released when we pray and fast and set our heart towards God. And, and, and one of the, I, think it's, I think I've only got one scripture left, so I'm sorry if I'm going on, but this last thought is this, and this is really where it all comes together. In fasting and prayer, we just get a fresh sense of God's presence. I think the last scripture is when uh, John's disciples get rebuked. It says this, not get rebuked. In Luke 5.33, they said to him, him John's, to, to Jesus, sorry, John's disciples, they fast and pray often. So do the disciples of the Pharisees. See, even, see, a lot of religious things, people pray. A lot of religions fast and pray, sorry. A lot of faith communities. But this is different when it's done in a biblical way in Jesus' name. It is different. It's not for self-denial. It's not because we have to. It's not because of the rules and religion. It's an invitation and catch what Jesus said. He says, John's do it, but yours just go on eating and drinking like they're at the tax collector's house, they're at the pub. When are they going to fast and pray? I love this thought. And Jesus answered, can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he's with them? Verse 35, but a time will come when the bridegroom will be taken. Who knows Jesus has gone back to heaven? Who knows Jesus is on his way here? Who knows it says then in those days they will fast because Jesus is saying when my presence is not physically with my followers, they will fast. And in fasting, they'll become keenly aware of my presence, of the presence of Jesus that is with them. I haven't left or moved, but when they fast, they become aware that I'm actually still with them. When they fast, they become aware that I'm the friend that sticks closer than a brother. When they fast and pray, they realize that they don't need to doubt. I've always been here all along. And when you fast and pray, you get a sense of the bridegroom's presence in your life. You know how close he is. So here's the deal. In fasting and prayer... God doesn't just rock up to your situation. In fasting and prayer, you become aware that God's there. Oh, he's been here all along. I just need to follow your leading. So just a couple of tips with fasting and prayer as I finish is this. I want to pray in a moment that maybe there's something in your life, like that guy did to me when I was just going to youth group. Maybe, maybe something there's this week, this month, this year, that you would commit to fasting and praying that you've got a heart for, that you want to see God move in that area. It could be anything. I don't know what it looks like. It could be a loved one being saved. It could be a situation. Whatever it looks, I wonder whether God, and again, notice this, Jesus was led by the Spirit to fast and pray. He wasn't led by Brad's sermon. So don't go and fast and pray unless the Spirit prompts you and leads you. Don't say, oh, Brad said I had to. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying ask God and the Spirit leads you in fasting and prayer but just a couple of thoughts you may need to see your doctor because people with medical conditions and, and medical things for going without food don't say brad said it go and see your doctor you know what i mean like you actually may have reasons there are certain things you can't fast from and that's okay you may be somebody that can only do something that's not food but if you can fast from food go for it and i'd say this start with one meal start small I, i've never had any little fast even just one meal that hasn't, God hasn't done something in my heart. Seriously, even one meal is a powerful, powerful thing to do. I've got a friend that in ministry, not here in another church, and he, as a certain night of the week, he just chooses that one night. He does not have dinner and he just spends time in worship and prayer and the word. And it's just his regular thing with God. And not out of legalism, just because he just wants to draw near to God, keep his spiritual senses heightened. Because that's what happens. 
you know when you go without food for a while, like if I, hadn't, if I don't eat for the rest of the day and I walk through Kalamunda, I'll be able, I could tell you what every restaurant is cooking. It's true because you, what happens is your natural senses of smell and t- get heightened. When you haven't had food for a while, they get heightened to such a level. You can smell and taste. You could go on a whole new level. So it is in the spirit. When you fast and pray spiritually, your spiritual senses get heightened in such a way, you can suddenly hear God differently. The fog has gone. You sense things. You sense what's going on in people's lives. You might get a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. And it's a powerful thing. But starting small, start with God's leading. Select a spiritual purpose and just go for it. Select a spiritual purpose and just go for it. So I'm going to say a prayer now and pray that the Lord would maybe do something in our hearts and lives. And as a church, I'm sure there'll be times where we, as elders, the eldership would love to say, hey, we want to fast and pray as a church about a certain thing. And so it would be, I just want to do a bit of education before participation when that happens, that we can get an understanding on. If you want any more resources on this area, I've got so many good books and resources. But would you stand with me? Would you stand with me? I'm just going to pray, Holy Spirit, as you're in this place, as we stand now, as we stand to say, Lord, we love you. We just want to close off this service shortly. But before we do, we want to give you, Holy Spirit, opportunity to minister to hearts. Right now, Holy Spirit, would you just drop into our lives if there's something you're calling us to seek you in, to seek God in. The verse that comes to my mind is in James 4.8, which says, Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. I mean, He's already there, but ways you draw near, there's a sensing. There He is. Fasting in prayer helps you draw near. Draw near. Draw near to God. Father, we want to be the church that draws near to you in everything we do. For people here, Lord, that there's just something, conviction on there. How would you help them, Lord, to walk this out? Holy Spirit, empower them. As a church, Lord, that when the enemy is going to come against us in one way through seeking you, he'll flee in seven. We just declare that and thank you in Jesus' name. going to hand back to the worship team we're going to have a worship song and there's opportunity to come forward for prayer as always we're building that culture here that you can come forward for prayer and we're formalizing a prayer team that'll be more recognizable in the coming weeks but don't don't leave if you want to come forward for prayer and say would you pray for me i'm going to fast and pray about this thing or whatever it looks like or and then but then we're going to just close off and release so feel free in that space but in this song feel free to come forward and pray and worship thanks worship team